So we left the story in John 21 uh, last week at the point where Jesus had been recognised by the disciples in the boat and uh, Peter jumps out of the boat, wraps his outer garment around himself and then jumps into the water rushing towards the sea. Having noticed it was Jesus, there was a sense of there's no fear in Peter re-engaging with Jesus, certainly on the basis that he denied him three times, only three chapters back in John's Gospel. And now I think in Peter's mind, this is a time for restoration. But he didn't realise that that was exactly the same desire that Jesus had. You see, one of the things that we find in the Bible is that Jesus is referred to, just as it says in the book of Isaiah, as the wonderful counsellor. He's the one who comes alongside. He knows who we are. He knows what we need. He knows what we've done. He knows where we've been. He knows where we're going if he doesn't come across our path and redirect us. So the wonderful counsellor, he's on the beach. He's lit a fire and he has called out to the disciples in the boat. And having called out to the disciples, he's been recognised. And Simon Peter, he's the first one. He's in the water and he's heading towards his saviour. Now, the thing about this, which is absolutely fantastic, is that the other disciples are so amazed by the phenomenal number of fish. We'll come to that in a moment. That They're more concerned about getting the fish in safely than they are of encountering Jesus. But Jesus was in the forefront of Peter's mind. So he comes, he walks up the beach and there's this noticing of what has happened, what Jesus has done in preparation. It says this in verse nine of John 21. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. So Jesus is, is already started to make breakfast for the disciples it's it's barbecue time and there's a fire burning on the beach I love fires it's one of those things that I've always found uh, intriguing whether it's uh, maybe being a bit of a pyromaniac I love lighting fires but more than anything I love sitting around fires when we've had holidays in the autumn or into the winter we've booked a cottage somewhere as a family and we've always looked through the criterion of uh, what the cottage offers and we've always liked it when they've said it's got an open fire and there's something about an open fire it's relaxing it's reassuring an open fire is is a place where conversations start and uh, intimacy is increased fires open fires open half I remember the farm cottages that I used to stay in when I I was working on the land and uh, coming home at the end of the day and uh, stoking up a fire, sitting down, uh, eating your meal with uh, the logs crackling in the background. Something comforting, something warming, something intimate about fires. And Jesus has prepared a fire. There's fish on there, food is being prepared, there's bread to one side. We'll start to discuss that a little bit later as we begin to prepare ourselves for sharing communion in a few moments but I just wanted to focus more upon the words that are used here it says when they landed they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it 
and some bread. Go back three chapters. You find in John chapter 18, verse 18, these words. It says, it was cold and the servants and the officials stood around a fire that they had made to keep warm. Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. In John 18, we find the exact place where Peter, Simon Peter, denies Jesus three times. And the environment where that happened was around a fire. And here on the beach in John 21, a fire is burning and you start to see how Jesus is trying to draw Peter in to remember where he lost it, where he denied him, where his hopes and his dreams were probably well and truly shattered. So Jesus brings Peter right back to that place. There's the smell of the fire. There's the crackling of the coals. There's the awareness that this place on the beach has so much in common with what happened in John chapter 18, where he stood with the servants and where he was with the officials and where he said, I don't know him. John 21 verse 9, when they landed, they saw a fire. John 18 verse 18, it was cold and the servants and the officials stood around a fire. That word that is uh, a fire of burning coals in John 21 or just stood around a fire in John 18, the same word is used for the fire in both situations. The fire, well, the Greek word is uh, the noun anthracian, and it's only used twice in the New Testament, in John 18 and John 21. The same word used in an encounter with the same person, Simon Peter. Anthracian, the fire. But this is a fire of restoration and renewal. This is a fire of redirection. It, it doesn't matter. This is the beauty, I think, of, of the gathering around fires. It, it doesn't matter what you've done or what you've become. It, it doesn't matter where you've been, what thoughts have gone through your mind, what actions have passed through your hands. When you meet with Jesus, it is always a meeting of restoration and renewal. Anthracian, around a fire. I don't know whether you have the same situation as, as uh, I find myself in at times where there are smells that I remember that relate specifically to places that I've been. Um, just a couple of days ago, we got a delivery of uh, a pair of Crocs, those uh, molded plastic shoes. Uh, mine had become dangerous and there was a bargain to be had and therefore a new pair of Crocs were bought. The thing about it was though, as soon as we opened the package, the smell of that plastic took us back as a whole family to the aisles of Crocs that used to be for sale in the hypermarkets that we used to go to when we were on holiday in France. We're here on Mayfield Ridge, opening up a parcel 
and the smell, the aroma that comes out of that parcel takes us as a family straight back to our times away on holiday. The smell of the fire, the last thing that Peter did was to let Jesus down. And as he comes back up the beach, the smell of the fire, the burning coals, would have taken him straight back to that place where he let Jesus down. But then the fantastic thing that Jesus does is he restores. He brings us back and he says, I can receive you. I can forgive you. I can restore you. I can release you back into the ministry, the calling that I've placed upon your life. You see, with Jesus, there's never a point when you've blown it. We mess up, but we get the opportunity to go back. And what I love about this story in John 21 and this encounter around the fire for Simon Peter is the fact that Jesus makes the effort. He comes first. He's the one on the beach. He's prepared the coals. He's put the fire together. He started the cooking. He's waited for the disciples to come. But the real reason is that he's waited for Peter to come. And the moment that Peter steps onto the beach, he finds himself transported back to where he let Jesus down, but only to be taken forward to a full restoration. We'll look at that next week when we see how Jesus continues the conversation with Simon Peter. But for us today, even here as the fire is burning, you've not blown it. That's what Jesus wants to say. He says, you've not blown it. You have not blown it. He welcomes you. He restores you. He'll take you to that place. There may be a point where you need to remember what you've done, what you've said, where you've been. But it's never to put us down. It's always to build us up. I love what the Apostle Paul says in uh, the book of Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, we find these words. It says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus therefore there is no condemnation you see Jesus doesn't come to condemn us the Holy Spirit in his majestic and gentle way he convicts us brings us to that point of knowing that we've done wrong but it's never to beat us up and to put us down it's always to bring us to that place of enlightenment and an awareness and a recognition that the lies that the enemy will speak over us have got nothing compared to the truth that Jesus wants to bring to us. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free. You're free. And here on the beach in John chapter 21, the focus of Jesus is to bring freedom to Simon Peter, which is exactly the same as the focus for Jesus with regard to you and where you are. He wants to bring you to freedom, that the past wouldn't hold you back, but would release you into a powerful future. John, chapter 21, verse nine. Gathering around the fire, but it's not a fire of condemnation. It's a fire of renewal and restoration.
so Jesus shares a meal with his disciples upon the beach just like Jesus shared a meal with his disciples in that upper room on the night before he was betrayed before he was tried and before he was crucified and that's this uh, the sign of the unity that that God wants us to be mindful of is that we gather around a table a table of commemoration a table of thanksgiving a table of unity wherever you are this morning as you break bread as you drink wine or whatever the symbols that you have before you then you're joining with us together as the body of Christ we are invited the bible says that uh, Jesus himself invites us to the table. Paul's words in uh, the book of Corinthians, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So just take a moment to be still. I'm sure those disciples on the beach were in awe of the one who was serving them their breakfast. And therefore, we just be still for a moment to recognise whose company we are in. We're in the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Holy Spirit dwells within us and surrounds us. So just as the Lord Jesus gave thanks, today we give thanks. We thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you for the complete forgiveness of our sins because of your death upon the cross. We thank you that your blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you for the elements before us. We are so mindful of your body being broken. We're so mindful of your blood being shed. And we're so thankful that these elements Bring us to that place of unity and remembrance of your goodness. So as your family, Lord, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we share this meal knowing that you are the one who heals. You are the one who restores. You are the one who rebuilds. For these elements today, Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for the cross. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. So he took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, the new promise in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us drink with thanksgiving. John chapter 6 verse 35 we read Jesus's words I am the bread of life whoever comes to me will never be hungry whoever believes in me will never be thirsty as we share together in this meal we recognize that our Lord is desiring to fill us restore us heal us Bless us. I am the living bread, Jesus says, that has come down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. The bread which I shall give him is my own flesh, given for the life of the world. And the call for each and every one of us is that we would live that life, that full life, for his honour and for his glory. May the Lord bless you.